Welcome back, everyone, to another special episode of Technicari, World Journey of Conversations, meeting thought leaders, innovators, and entrepreneurs in each and every space that we cover. So if you haven't been part of this, we're basically just looking for insights from people in the know, people on the forefront, you know, cutting edge or bleeding edge of whatever industry they're in. So today we're joined by Takwana Chikaranini, hopefully I got that correct, the co-founder of Center2. Now, I'm sure many of you are aware of Center2. They've been really big um, in the remittance and services space. Um, so before we get into that, I'll just introduce my co-hosts as usual, Rufaro and Edwin, um, who are here under duress as usual. Um, so I guess we begin by uh, with Takwana introducing himself and just giving us a brief background on who he is, his journey, and what Send It To is all about. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for having me, guys. I mean, it's uh, TechZim. Is, 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 you guys are the, at the forefront of, of keeping people informed of anything technical in Zimbabwe, right? Um, my name is Takwana. I think my story is a very basic one. I was born in a tiny little village called Chibi. And the one thing that uh, that we are well known for in Chibi is, is trying things, isn't it? There's actually an African proverb that says, uh, So inherently, I was born to try things, you know. Um, I was born, spent the early part of my childhood in, in, uh, in Chibi uh, and then moved to a small township called Rumuka Kadum. And then on the seventh of um, uh, the seventh of October two thousand and two, uh, it was literally at the peak of everybody. You know, planes Air Zimbabwe was getting packed, and and it was just a mass exodus of people leaving Zimbabwe to the UK and any other place really at the time. So I moved to the UK uh, around um, yeah on the seventh of October two thousand and two. Um, I always you know every time I tell this story because. Uh, I always say that's the day that literally changed the trajectory of my life because I was raised, you know, like in a small township, very marginalized and sort of deprived neighborhood. Uh, and we had very little in as far as um, financial resources. But as my father would say, you know, we always had Hello, Tukwana. I think your uh, audio just went dead for a bit there. Hello? Hello? Oh, it seemed like it dropped off. Uh, Internet Kremlin's coming at it again. Yeah, the internet is jealous, eh? Yeah, two days in a row, we have a good guest and you know what, it's doing this. Oh, so it's not me? So you can speak no, now? Huh? <laughs> yeah, it is here, ladies and gentlemen. No, like, everything is choppy. Well, was choppy. So I was just assuming that, you know, Mexicans coming and going because it just started off on such a bad note uh so yeah when i heard valentine saying hello i'm like oh so i'm hearing correctly so that's not nice yeah the internet these days is not being kind mm, it's the worst 
I'm hoping when I shift to net one, things get a little better, just a little bit. I sincerely hope so. I think you're better on that one because I've been trying to even it and it's just been a mess. Hello, Taman. Oh, man, I spoke for an entire five minutes by myself. Yeah, I was, it was like 30 seconds. The internet seems not to be lagging anyone in these days. And tell me about it. See, that's text and that's, and that's a solution for you guys to solve. There's clearly a gap in the market there. Definitely one. Um, so the, the recording is still going on, so you can just um, continue from where you left off. Uh, I don't even know where I left off. Should I just, should, should I just uh, start from the beginning, right? Yeah, you can start from the beginning. That's great. Oh, cool. Excellent. So you might as well ask the question. I think that it makes it look... No, okay. I was going to ask... Um, Tell us about yourself and your story, how you came to be where you are now. Okay. So, um, no, my story began um, on the 24th of August, 1983. I was born in a tiny little village called uh, back in Masringo in Chibi. Uh, and the one thing that we're very famous for is trying things, really. There's actually a proverb that I always make reference to that says, So things are meant to be tried. An old lady from Chibi cooked up stones and made soup really. So inherently that it was that has always been a motto that has always stuck with me for, for, for most of my life really. Like I said, I was born there. I spent my earlier childhood uh Kwachivi. And then we moved to a tiny little um, township called Rimuka Kadoma. Um up until I think the 24th of August when we moved, when I actually moved to the to England like most of the time. I mean it was the peak of people moving out of Zimbabwe at the time. I uh, went to London and just like, you know, the whole monkey see, monkey do sort of scenario, everyone around me was into getting into healthcare. So I ended up being a mental health practitioner for a good 18 to 15 years of my time. Um, and this was a very exciting time in my life because, um, you know, I got to see how the mind works, you know, and, uh, and how, for the most part, uh, we operated 10% of our mental capacity. So it was a very exciting time. But unfortunately, I think uh, about five years ago, I ended up being accused of gross misconduct, me and a bunch of other people. And I lost my job. Uh, very dark period of my time at the time. Um, but as you know, God makes no mistakes. Uh, literally a couple of weeks down the line, my business partner said to me, listen, I've got this venture uh, where we can go 50-50. Um, the idea is to get people to send airtime back home. There's a bit of a huge gap in the market because only about 20% of people in the diaspora have ever done that. So 80% essentially don't know that they can they can do that. So it either could be a good thing or a bad thing, but let's find out. But the one thing we knew before we started this was there was another company that was in the same space and they were moving about a, a million dollars in revenue on a daily basis. So we knew, you know, it would stick. Um, and we also knew it would stick purely because when I tried it out, my mom literally called me instantly. And this is a two pounds, three pounds worth of airtime sort of transfer that I did. And the happiness that she had at the time literally transferred over to me. So we knew we were onto something. Uh, fast forward five years down the line, we now have customers in over 110 countries, um, you know, and uh, from a business, we literally just started in our living room without much optimism really for the most part, but we sent to countries that I can't even pronounce now. So the, the idea stuck and stuck very well. Um, and then more so, I mean, we had a situation where we had um, uh, literally 
from the very beginning, you know, we'd have customers saying, add money transfer as well. Can you add money transfer? And that, that was a recurring sort of a request from our customers. And then uh, about a year ago, we decided to, you know, listen, bite the bullet really and introduce money transfer to into Zimbabwe. Um, and surprise, surprise, again, you know, the community has come and really rallied us on. And we have moved millions, you know, for a small company uh, with, uh, we can no longer call ourselves small now because, um, the community has come and really pushed us on quite significantly. And then again, more so as an accident, we, um, I think back in March when we had the initial lockdown because of COVID last year, uh, I think one of my friends literally sent about $2,000. Mom couldn't come and pick it up because of the, you know, the roadblocks and things of that nature. So they insisted, can you send a home delivery? And we've done it. And um, again, Months later, we're the only money transfer agency that does home deliveries, and we've done millions of them and send them for happy moments, for sad moments. Uh, more so recently, you know, sending, we've sent them for funeral reasons because of, you know, people losing their lives. And it's been quite a very insightful, um, insightful journey in as far as that process is concerned, really. And so that's, that's us, really, in a nutshell. And as far as sending to uh, what we do, we also introduced electricity recently, and the uptake was almost immediate. Uh, so very exciting times, really. Fantastic. I'm glad you guys are doing well and, you know, kudos to the efforts on, on that front. But uh, the question I have, or well, the first question um, that I'd like to ask is, remittances was one of those things that people thought was going to fall down the wayside um, because of the pandemic. And now the, the, the World Bank back in March, I think, 2020, were like, oh, no, we're going to see a 20, plus or minus 20% dip in remittances sub-Saharan Africa. So their assessment was weighed basically on the fact that uh, employment opportunities were going to be narrower um, in those markets because of you know lockdowns and closures and businesses going out. Um, so we've seen the inverse of that in Zimbabwe because the RBZ's, late, RBZ's latest figures we're showing that remittances up by 42%. Like 2020 was the year where we saw the most remittances ever. It beat the record set in, was it 2015, uh, 939 million. So since you're an insider and you've been, you're in this space, you're, you, we can't call you a small company anymore. You're a major player in the space. Can you give us a um, some insights as to how that's happening? Because the one thing that we're chalking it down to is basically Zimbabweans are resilient. <laughs> that's that's the only thing that we're chalking it down to. So we, could you shed some light on what, how, what exactly is happening? Zimbabweans will always make a plan, isn't it? I think um, that's always been always been the case, and as far as Zimbabwe is concerned, uh, what is happening? I mean, this is purely speculative on my part, but I, I feel like uh, the closure of less formal sort of channels that people used to move their money, the buses and the things of that nature, has driven that traffic for people to then move more formal channels like the money transfer agencies, like ourselves. So that's one thing um, that I feel is really and truly at play, really for the most part. And you've got, you know, the sectors that have been hard hit by um, by COVID are inherently not factors, uh, sectors that most Zimbabweans work. We, we, for the most part, most Zimbabweans in the UK, I don't exactly have the actual figures, um, tend to work in the healthcare professions uh, in the UK where I've spent a good 20 years of my life there uh, or close to 20 years of my life. So I think with that in mind, uh, remittances were always set to go up because people there was a demand for healthcare workers to put in way more hours than they normally would. Um, um, and I think that has been something that is always, so those two really, I think if you ask me, are things that are, um, have been a major drive. Uh, people can no longer send money via informal uh, routes. Um, and the fact that people that work in the healthcare sort of um, uh, 
uh, system in the UK or abroad have had a situation where they have more disposable income because they're putting in more hours because you know their colleagues are calling in sick instead of putting in 40 hours a week they're probably doing 60 sometimes 70 hours a week so they're obviously earning more money so that obviously could have been could have been a factor but this is purely speculation on my part really mm, very okay. interesting very interesting um so you're mentioning remittances and Sendit2 has been launching quite a number of things over the last year. And the biggest one, which uh, to my to my shock, was slashing of fees for money sent to Zimbabwe. So I'm trying to wonder, given how remittance services, they usually make their money off of commissions that they charge for money transfers. How is Sendit2 not going to essentially become bankrupt? Like, how is this not affecting the company's bottom line? So I think when you, when you look at companies that operate from a UK or American sort of standpoint, I think that the major, I mean, I, I, uh, this is again something that I, uh, I'm speculating on in as far as differences and as far as companies in Zimbabwe and companies in the UK. Um, our main agenda is to grow. Uh, we're trying to take a certain amount of market share from the existing players. Uh, and the only way you can do that is offer something that perhaps differentiate yourself. So, you know, value proposition has to be slightly different from the next person. And we always knew that, you know, uh, being cheaper in this space would be something that would be very attractive to our users. So our agenda is to grow. And when you have that sort of agenda, you're willing to forego certain, you know, certain amounts of money with the view that, um, you know, I, I remember reading this book from good to great. Um, and he was basically, as Peter Till was basically saying that the companies that make money in the future, the companies that um inherently like you know look an example at at at, uh, at facebook we didn't have to pay anything on facebook from the get-go and now the revenue now that they have x amount of data once you have data x amount of users there's always things you can do once you have uh a hundred thousand users you can always cross sell electricity to them but you can't cross sell zero users right i don't know if that makes any sense so our main agenda was to literally just drive uh drive growth uh, with the view that, you know, as and when we introduce something like electricity or, gross, or groceries, we'll always have people that will immediately jump on as opposed to trying to start from scratch. Um, so our, our agenda, our agenda maybe for the next two, three years is going to be literally just to push the numbers up um, see what we can do to disrupt the sort of existing order and then go from there, really. Yeah, it, it does make sense, um, particularly with other things that you launched, the um, 10 US dollar referral program. Um, I guess I didn't see um, the agenda being, we want a lot of people to come to use our service. Um, so yeah, we'll see uh, how it goes. It, it seems really capital intensive. So hence the worry of, hey, um, we'll send it to pull it off. But I guess so far it seems like it's working. I'm, 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 I'm Zimbabwean, man. Uh, we always pull things off. I don't know why you underestimate yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I, I was curious more on like the direction that like the remittance space is going in general because we've been tracking well not that closely but closely enough to see that it's not more than just money so since it just started as an airtime platform it looks like remittances like was the cash cow right and then now the zesa is fantastic because now you know you can pay for a service directly um to zimbabwe for your parents sister cousin friend whatever so um, we've seen other things like that, like with Mkuru and groceries and Uru Wallet doing DSTV and stuff like that. So is this the direction that the remittance space is going that it's not just going to be about the money anymore. It's going to be about can you actually pay for services abroad um, 
and this is the sort of direction that Cindy 2 is heading. Definitely, I mean, we we're hoping to. Uh, I think our name is 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 really is really set up for for us to move any and everything. You know, I was just telling my uh, uh, my business partner the other day we had a business call, and I was saying to him, I "Look at what's happening with Zessa. At this rate, we could literally sell stones to Zimbabwe and, and make money because it seems like anything we introduce, uh, people jump on it. So why leave money on the table? So we are hoping to have a scenario where where airtime is our books to what um, you know, what books were to Amazon or something like of that nature. You know, like I'm, I've come to the belief that, um, you know, like before I started business, I used to always think that uh, the people who start businesses are people who are perhaps way smarter than I am and uh, are reserved for a certain class of people. But uh, I can speak without any reservations and tell you from a, from a vantage point where, listen, anyone can do this stuff because I've got customers in 110 countries, something that I always thought was reserved for the Jeff Bezos of this world. But... But um, now I've got, you know, absolute confidence that we can introduce services and platforms that would be, um, that people are going to identify with across the globe. So why stop there if we can, uh, there's no rules to business really. And the idea is just to constantly innovate and, um, and go from there. But we're pretty excited, you know, like, like I said, you know, the litmus test for us was the fact when we introduced money, we got in almost immediate sort of uptake. We did the same with, uh, with Zessa. So now, why would we stop just there? It obviously presents um, logistics nightmare because I, I I prefer more digital services because you don't have to, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about logistics. You know, electricity you send it is all digital, so it's airtime. Um, but so you know, it just becomes more demanding. But um, it's nonetheless quite exciting. Fantastic. So I guess my final question, uh, or the final question would be, can you give us an insight as to where Sandy 2 is going? Uh, if you can speak on that, um, you know, just. Can I, can you say that again? Uh, where Sandy 2's direction is going now, what, what can we look forward to in 2021? Okay. Uh, I mean, Sandy 2, we're very ambitious, you know, I think the idea is to become the most dominant player uh, in the Zimbabwean space for in my homeland for starters because I take a lot of pride in that you know the community has come and really supported us in ways that really and truly supported uh, you know that surprised me you know you work with certain assumptions you know you know you hear things like it's, it's sad to say but you know uh, when we first started you know people are like no no don't focus on the Zimbabwean market because you know Zimbabweans generally don't really support their own uh, but the numbers say a totally different uh, sort of paint a totally different picture uh, and from day one, at one point, 90% of our transactions were coming to Zimbabwe. So it spoke volumes of what the community can do. And for that, you know, all I want to do is um, really and truly make sure that at some point we become the most dominant player moving anything into Zimbabwe. Um, for starters, from, from a very personal um, personal sort of reasons. Then when you talk about as a company, I think just being, you know, putting our footprint across Africa or something that will always take uh, would always uh, be something that would be of great pride to us. So that's the sort of agenda in a, perhaps in, you know, in a, in, in, in a, in a, in a nutshell, to say the least. But uh, ideally, uh, there is to keep growing and then represent possibility, really. I think the prevailing sentiment out there is, is um, uh, the world was built by people who um, perhaps um, way smarter than us. But the truth of the matter is, you know, we, we've got the DNA of people that built things like the great Zimbabwe. So building an app and a website should be, should be a walk in the park, really. 
I like the attitude. Uh, I hope it inspires anyone listening to this. That yeah, you can, you can, you can do it. Uh, anyone can do it. It's just you can put the, the, the hard work and time and effort towards it. Uh, thank you to one for joining us. Uh, uh, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule uh, to make time to have a chat with us. And so it's very insightful because rarely do we ever get to you know conversations with someone in the remittance space because. Yeah, you guys are, are quite the interesting collection of people and you're quite close door. But you thankfully made time for us. Thank you very much. No, thank you very much. The honor was all mine. And uh, guys, keep doing exceptional work that you guys are doing. Um, we have to document um, our story. Uh, or we face the risk of other people documenting it for us in ways that are not so much in a positive light. So you guys are doing exceptional work. Uh, we've got a lot of work to be done still. So keep pushing. I will do. Likewise on your end. Uh, we want to see more services on Sunday too. Yeah, uh, cheers. Thank you very cheers. much. All right. <clears throat> and thank you to the listeners for listening, Valentine. Thank you to the listeners for listening. <laughs> Sorry, Rufaro. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and thank you yes. to Rufaro for coming. Bye. Thank you to Ed, who was silent, but thank you for being here. Blame the internet in Zimbabwe for its silence. Yeah. Uh, cool. Um, bye.